am I going to do? I've watched it so many times and I keep having the same feeling. I think... I think I kind of like Spider-Man 3. But I feel like no one in the world feels the way I do. I just wish I had someone to talk to. What, what, what was that? Is someone there? Remember that part where there's that cool Sandman fight in the subway? So underrated. How about that time Peter dances down the street in his new black suit? So misunderstood! What about when Harry and Peter team up to fight Venom and save Mary Jane? So good. I kinda like Spider-Man 3. I wanna talk about it too, Scott. That's why I've been looking for you. Looking? For, for me? Oh yeah. I know all about you. You do? Like what? Like the fact that we've recorded 245 podcasts covering every minute of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, so if we stop now, it just doesn't seem right to me. Wait, that you, Zach? Look, I want to talk about Spider-Man 3. You want to talk about Spider-Man 3. Together, its bad reputation doesn't stand a chance. Interested? Yeah. But where can people find us? Oh, my spider sense is tingling, if you know what I mean. And it's telling me that they should look for Spider-Man Minute Season 3 on DuelingGenre.com or wherever they get their podcasts this summer. Welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 live-action Turtles sequel, one tire hurling minute at a time. It is Monday. It's Minute 46. I am your host, Scott Tofty. With me again is our regular crew of co-hosts, Mr. Chris O'Connor. I thought I saw a ghost. That was a lot of C's right in the row there. Uh, Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And Mr. Adam Sheehan. Chevy Nova? 77 Chevy Nova. That makes sense in a minute. Uh, Joining us this week for a few minutes here, 46, 47, and 48, from the wonderful podcast Titanic Minute, which, Rachel, you have guest hosted. Yes. Uh, This is Mr. Rob Lumley, everyone. Hi, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me on uh, this trip down childhood lane. Oh, we are more than happy to have you. How big of a part of your childhood was the Turtles? Um... Pretty big, pretty big. I, I'll, I should have some. I think throughout these three minutes, I'll have various stories of uh, how the turtles touched on my childhood. I'm very excited to hear those. I, I, the more people that we get on this show, the more I realize that we all kind of have the same exact upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we should have all just hung out together. We should have all found each other 30 years ago and just joined forces and been like an awesome team of turtle children roaming the earth <laughs> if we had the internet back then we may have yeah. oh my god if we had the internet back then good lord yeah, could have lots, of, lots of chat rooms and forums and god <laughs> just game. imagine if the ninja turtles had political sway <laughs> like if they were running for president <laughs> the foot party <laughs> yes the, foot party. <laughs> the pizza party the left foot go. or the right foot <laughs> Oh, I vote for the pizza party 100% of oh, the yeah. time. Yeah, that's 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 the way to go. That's my uh, political affiliation. <laughs> pizza, pizza party. party. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, for those of 
you who who don't know, what else are you up to? You did Titanic Minute. That was a smashing success. A lot of people know that one. Like I said, Rachel's been on it. But what other things are you out in the world doing nowadays? Uh, before that, we did Tombstone Minute. That was sort of our basement tapes. And uh, it's kind of been a new group of people are now going through it again because there wasn't a listener society when we first did it. So like someone uh. set up a listener society just to go through it again, which is charming um it's kind of fun yeah it's very fun and then we tried getting our lives back a little bit and so we're doing a a podcast uh cleverly called a free podcast uh (laughs) ours is free you just find out at a freepodcast.com and on that one we we talk about a different movie every week and we kind of group them into seasons so we're finishing up the summer of 1997 where we talk about five movies that came out in 1997 the summer oh that's that's awesome i'll have to check that one out that sounds like fun um, so I asked you a little bit at the beginning, but give us the details. Like, what's the first turtley thing you remember? This is kind of where we always start with new guests is like, when did you first become aware of Ninja Turtles in your life? Oh, it had to be the cartoon for me, which would have been what? Is that like 80, 88, 87? Does that started right? in 87. Yeah. Okay. So I was probably around like, I would have been four then, but probably a little later, probably like when I was five or six. I was starting to get into the the cartoon, and then of course this movie comes out, and that's I mean that's it's perfect for me. I actually the the first Turtles movie, um, and I remember I begged my aunt Betty to take me to see the Turtles, and shout out to Aunt Betty. Yeah, and she agreed, <laughs> and she took me to not not just Turtles one, not just the second one, but also the third Turtles movie. Wow, wow she's hitting for the cycle. Nice. Yeah. Took me to all three, and I remember, like, as I got, I remember her talking to, like, my mom or my dad about it and being like, yeah, he loves those Turtles movies. I don't know what the hell's going on in them. (laughs) 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 It's like she had no interest in, so, you know, I kind of watch it now as an adult and a parent, and it is like, what is happening in this? What what nonsense is this? (laughs) Once you suspend your disbelief, it all makes perfect sense. Exactly. (laughs) It's an um, awful lot of disbelief to suspend. Oh, yeah. It's yes. so much disbelief. <laughs> so we're, we're here in minute 46 of Turtles 2, and this minute starts with uh, Raphael, Pep Talk, and Kino in the junkyard. And this minute ends with Kino sprinting and parkouring over some broken-down car parts. Uh, this is the beginning of a sequence that, is one of my favorite parts in the whole movie. And as a matter of fact, I think we had about four or five different guests that specifically requested to do this sequence, and I felt so bad that I couldn't squeeze them all in during <laughs> this fight. But, Rob, you got the lucky pick here, man. So yeah. what is it about... <laughs> how do you feel about these particular minutes, the beginning of this junkyard fight? Um, well, I I love Raphael. He's always been my favorite turtle. And then as I, I, I rewatched the first Turtles movie couple days ago and then this movie as well i was kind of realizing like man that is so weird that Raphael's my favorite turtle Uh, (laughs) but why (laughs) well i i think it's because he's the only like multi-dimensional character in these movies right like what's leonardo nothing he's 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 the leader (laughs) because they say so um Donatello and Michelangelo kind of have their little thing going, but Michelangelo's sort of the, you know, the party idiot. Donatello's kind of the science guy, right? I mean, everyone knows this. But, like, Raphael's harder to pinpoint. He's pretty caustic. Um, 
And Ooh, like, good word. He's not necessarily the most talented turtle either. Like, I mean, Splinter kind of hints to that sometimes, but not not really. It's not really a, you know an obvious thing. He's just he's just a difficult caustic <laughs> character. Maybe that's why I like him because anyone who's been roommates with me through college could probably <laughs> uh, <laughs> could probably attest that I can be a bit uh, a bit difficult from time to time. Have you ever been stormed off and been kidnapped by ninjas? I have stormed off, but luckily I avoided the ninjas. Chris, that sounded like a Salino and Barnes commercials. Have you ever stormed off and been caught by ninjas? Call us. Is is that a local lawyer? It's a lawyer, people, yeah. I oh. guess they should have explained that. I mean, you know the problems I've been having with storming off and ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but, Rob, it's interesting that you mentioned that Raphael's like a, the most talented. I made a note in this minute that this occurs to me that we see Raphael fight in these movies, more than we see any other turtle fight, I think. Yeah. And specifically, like, straight-up real martial arts. Like, we get bits and pieces of sort of the comedy battles earlier in this movie, you know, in the in the, in the, the, mall. the mall there. But this is, like, Raphael's solo show. Whoever's in that turtle suit doing the, the martial arts work is, like, got to be getting paid time and a half. <laughs> yeah, for both and, movies too. And I always kind of wondered if that's just a product of his of his weapon, right? Like his weapons, that, like you know, it's hard for Leonardo to do that because it's a sword, and they can't just have him cutting people up with a sword. <sighs> <laughs> Whereas, like a Don, like Donatello, you could do it. Well, I guess, I guess that's not true because I guess Michelangelo and Donatello, their weapons works just fine without having to necessarily use it. But the Psy, you know, it doesn't really do a, a ton, so he's able to kind of, like, fight without it so well. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Adam, is this the most sequelitis moment of this film, maybe? There, there are, this like, arc? There, there are beats in this fight that are almost completely frame for frame out of the first movie. Like, he does that cartwheel kick thing. Right. That was in the rooftop fight. Mm. Yeah. Or I guess that's later on. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed the same thing, that there's kind of like, it it's almost the same, like Raphael suddenly is swarmed by foot soldiers. I mean, at least this time it's on the roof. He's not going to fall off. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's, and, it's, um, and it's, I mean, they, they, you know, what you mentioned about Raphael, I mean, they, they trust the costumes more here and obviously the performer more because... It's not nearly as dark as it was uh yeah in the other in the other movie. And I think I've complained about the lighting in this film um about the 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 brightness making the turtles not look as real. Um and I, you know the more I watch this sequence the more I really like that you can see everything crystal clear in this uh this scene. You know, I, it might not be doing favors for the reality of the suit but getting to watch the action happened in daylight and like seeing all every little detail is is kind of nice. Although, now that I say it, the rooftop fight was all in the daylight too from Turtles 1. Yep. This is true. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Mm. Huh. Well, I'll be damned. Maybe we should back up a little bit here because uh, we, we didn't even talk about the very beginning of this minute. Raphael yeah, what happens? is lecturing Kino. Sorry, here's the rewind. Uh <laughs> Raphael's lecturing Kino, and uh, he stops mid-sentence, and he looks off into the distance, and there's some really great, ching, ching, uh, ching. some some really great wide eyes here performed jingle, by jingling. the puppeteer. Yeah, and it's like and the sound the, of his spurs. 
Yes, I was going to say that. Excellent. Yes, the jangles of Shredder Spurs. And we see this... I don't know if it's a good shot of a silhouette, but it's an effective shot of a silhouette. He's actually walking, Scott. I, I know. My theory's <laughs> gone bust. Shredder actually walks. But you're not seeing his feet move. He could be roller skating. Mm-hmm. You know, he could just be on a dolly, and there's a... a <laughs> Footboy behind him, like crouched down below the windows, like walking. That's what the best boy does. We need some teenagers who are good at martial arts, especially teenagers. We also need a couple that can just pull things. Shredder Shredder has a dolly grip. (laughs) Shredder grew up as a car hop in the 50s. It's just like, maybe I will need this skill in the future. I'd better keep it fresh. <laughs> we never know. The economy skates these days. a thing in like 1991, 92? They were kind of just getting... Yeah. Just maybe, maybe I he's, think so. Maybe he's got a pair of inline skates on. He's got well, like he's wearing all pair. kinds of other yeah. blades. Mm. Ah, he might go. as well have some roller blades. Yeah. <laughs> or no, he got them in the mail. He's like, this isn't what I thought these would be. <laughs> like I I saw roller blades and I was like, that's something I need. Yeah. As the shredder. What, what do you think he thought they were though? <laughs> One can only guess. <laughs> oh, like giant circular saws that come or, out of his gauntlets. Or maybe he thought like ice skates weren't a thing. He's like, I want a shoe with a blade on it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe so you want an ice skate. On a, on a figure skate, those ones are really sharp. <laughs> maybe he Not thought. Like a uh, maybe he thought uh, like rollerblade was a new sort of like razor for your face, so he could get around a scar. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's got to be the tricky. Gillette mock. <laughs> um, and Tatsu pops in out of the nowhere best too. I think this is get. this is the the. I feel like every time Tatsu enters the scene, he does it from like stage right or stage left. Like, and he just like floats into frame. Steps into frame like, ha ha! Like the camera never just lands on him. He always is like, here I am now. He enters from stage below. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of that in this movie uh, in all the trailer movies where they just all of a sudden pops up and you're like, if, once again, your suspension of disbelief. If you're like, there's just, <laughs> like that makes no sense thematically how he's just like, oh, you guys didn't see me. I just popped right in because you can only see where the camera's pointed. Yeah, um, I know. Terrible house guest tattoo would be though. Yeah. What's better though is the when the the ninjas just leak into the room or into the area. Like, yes. Just they just come out of every single pore into in a room. Somebody pushed the ninja button. Yeah. <laughs> Someone forgot to close the ninja shut off valve. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of in wrestling when like all of the referees run out. Oh yes. <laughs> when something gets like really out of hand. Yeah, like they were all sitting in a little room watching it on a small TV and they're like, "Oh, now we got to go." Looks like it's our time for us to come in there and, and yeah, take dress, dressing room dressing room B is where they keep all the uh the referees. Yep. And apparently the foot soldiers. Uh, yeah, them yeah. too. Yeah, but I mean they're pretty much the same idea at that point. I enjoy that Raphael throws the tire and foot soldiers who are nowhere near it react like whoa what are you throwing it like hands go up like hey man that's uncalled for like this one who's over Tatsu's right shoulder just completely falls backwards doesn't get touched tires nowhere near him he's just like i'm gonna overreact for free well going back just a second that the tire throw is kind of a slick move because like he starts talking he's like uh we're looking for a uh, muffler for a 77 chevy and he's like Got really animated hands, and then he just puts one of his one of his hands just lands on that tire, 
and then he just throws it forward. So, so it's kind of like this nice misdirection. There's also what disappoints me though is there was a missed joke there for Raphael. I can think of two. All right, he grabs a tire. He could say something about like you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I tire of all this, right? And throws it at the, <laughs> at the ninjas. Or or okay. a little more clever, he Option mentions. B. Option B, he mentions the 77, uh, I'm looking for a muffler for a 77 uh, Chevy, and he could say, you know, it was a good year, and then he grabs it and throws the tire. <laughs> okay. I was going to think, don't one. get tired would be yep. a good one. Uh, you always look tired. tired. Why no. don't you lie down? Oh, Rob and your puns. Yes. <laughs> Wait you a minute. Can I... One. Can I can I can I add in on this? I'm gonna pile in here. Mm-hmm. It would only be better if it was Michelangelo in the scene played by Michelin Sisti. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Who uh if you haven't heard our interview with him, you should go listen to it now because it's great. Um but anyway, yeah, Raph throws the tire. Uh we talked a little bit in season one, Chris. There was a a moment, I'm trying to remember exactly when it is, but you talked about you were telling a story about walking back from karate class carrying your bag and how throwing uh, something at someone to distract them is a really good and practical move. Yeah, in combat, still and is. It's, it's nice that we see it here. You know, the turtles bringing in some real life self defense. Well, a tire is pretty heavy. I, I don't know that that would necessarily be the sort of thing you could one arm sling at a group of people and get something good out of it. But okay, yeah, <laughs> seems also, to him, work. Him hitting like the the triangle formation of Tatsu and these ninjas. Another really great opportunity for that bowling pin sound. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like I, I just want to go back and and just add cartoon sound effects to this whole movie. You know, that could be our next podcast. <laughs> well, when we were watching it earlier, Adam said that all the ninjas need like an exclamation point above their heads and that uh the video game um Oh no, that's that's he, in a future. He needs to, like, beat, oh, that's beat up oh, one that's looking at him and then hide behind a box and then they all have get question marks. Yeah, then they all like, where did he go? <laughs> Forget that <laughs> I said this guy that. die. Yeah, that's, that's an back. upcoming minute. Okay, we sorry. pull back to this really wide shot uh, of the junkyard, and we can see just how massive this wall of tires is, and the oil barrels, and the car doors, and it makes you know it really gives some scale to this thing. It's kind of only been seen in tight shots so far, so I really appreciate that they give us sort of a, a nice view looks of the set. Like it kind of looks like an early to mid '90s, like first-person shooter level, level where there's yeah. no good, where there's no good way to sort of like, uh, uh, you know, cover the fact that you can't like draw uh, infinite distance, and, and you have to come up with some sort of artificial reason for the wall to be like right there. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm just gonna put in a wall of tires. Yeah, it's so many tires. It is a lot of tires. This seems Ooh. like maybe this is just. Once again, my childhood. But it feels like in this era, there's a lot of movies that had scenes in junkyards. More than I've ever spent in a junkyard in my life. Well, (laughs) I think we talked about that. We talked about the kind of the tree fort slash junkyard aesthetic and how movies like Hook or uh, what was the other one with Fred Savage? Uh, The monster movie where he's it's like all rickety and little monsters yeah there's all kinds of these movies where where there's like this weird clubhouse we, we talked about it last season with the foot warehouse everyone had like yeah. a clubhouse or like yeah, a yeah. fort or a treehouse or a junkyard stand by me has both thing. right stand by me has the uh, treehouse that they they hang out in early and then they right. actually go to a junkyard later with that dog yeah sand the house and goonies yeah yeah goonies yeah monster squad has a really good uh treehouse mm. yeah. yeah so that's true that's true 
maybe I maybe I missed this when I on my rewatch, but are they hanging out in a junkyard because they're waiting for Shredder's like dumpster pile to come here? Well, the 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 conceit of all this was that when the Shredder was defeated that they had a prearranged a fallback spot. Should something happen yep. with the Foot Clan, this was their prearranged fallback spot. Uh, I believe Leaf Tilden was the foot soldier cameo who says, we all knew the junkyard was our fallback spot. I could be wrong on that, but I think that was Leaf Tilden who's in the Donatello suit in this movie. Okay. But, I mean, it just happens to be that that's also how the Shredder got, you know, right. defeated. I don't, <laughs> I don't think movie. that they were like, oh, he Clinky fell into a dumpster. Dink. Let's go hang out at the junkyard. It's, just, it's the it. perfect <laughs> environment for the Shredder to show up and it just be like, PTSD to the max. Just like, oh, I'm going to get crushed again. Oh, you guys. They probably thought that the junkyard was pretty unassuming. Like, who's going to come hang out in a junkyard? Everyone in the criminals. He got thrown into a a trash truck. That trash truck was going to take him to the junkyard. Yeah, but they. That's where it did take him. It did, but they decided on the junkyard before that ever happened. I'm just saying it's serendipitous that that's where he ended up getting delivered. You know, yeah. that is a funny that is a, a funny Deposited. thought. So, like, Casey Jones did his, like, oops, murder. <laughs> yeah. But none of the cops who showed up bothered to get the body in the dumpster. I mean, like, they... Yeah. This guy was just crushed, and the cops did nothing. <laughs> Nobody was like, hey, this guy, like, fell into a garbage truck... And he just got crushed. So you should probably take care of that body. Here's the even more mind-boggling part. We know that the guy's driving the truck. I'm pretty sure we see them scatter in Turtles 90. And then they right, came back. At some point. But they come back and they finished their route? Or someone else is like, oh, we got to go empty out their garbage truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shredder yeah. lives matter. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Raphael tells Kino to get going, get the other guys, get some help, or I'll kick your butt. And Kino's like, I don't want to. And Raph's like, do it, or else I'm really going to hurt you. I just stopped on the best freeze frame that I'm going to screenshot, and I'm going to send to you guys a little later. But Raphael looks derpy as all get out. Um, Ah. It's about 44 seconds in, if you can catch it. I think I saw it, too. But uh, I got it. We get a little bit more action. We get this cool little comedic fighting moment. Raph has his arm around one foot soldier, and another foot soldier is like dinging him with a, a bow staff. I think the guy holding the bow staff is our friend, the Aha Ninja. He looks a little bit portly. Well, taking a step back, um, so there's this weird smash cut where Raph goes like, "Go on, or I'll kick you butt," and then Kino goes off camera, and then it cuts to Raph with an already unconscious guy. In his arm. Like, where did he get that guy? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, it's such a weird jump cut. Like, he just... It it almost looks like he kind of reaches down and grabs him. Like, he's grabbed someone who's already bent over. But it is kind of an awkward jump cut. Yeah, not a great edit there. I, I always love this bit of, like, getting the guy to beat up the guy that you're holding or like stop get hitting them your to, friend stop hitting yeah, your friend or get them to hit each other at the same time it, it, yeah, yeah. You, right you have a meat shield yeah you know that part was that part was amusing it was kind of like a big clunky step but the part that kind of got my got me all like was the guy goes to do a big jab with the staff and Raphael doesn't have to move at all to deflect it or get out of the way the guy is very clearly stabbing like two feet to Raph's right. 
maybe that's right. That's totally aha ninja. <laughs> but I mean, these, these foot ninjas are mostly teenagers and stuff. So there's probably a lot of pent up hostility amongst each other. Might have been like a rival. It was his chance to sort of like take him out. This is my opportunity to beat Chad. Yeah. And that way I'll end up with Tiff. That's right. No, <laughs> oh, Chad. Chad from Connecticut. I'm sorry. I just episode. I just edited episode 38, and we went on a big spiel about Chad from Connecticut. You guys remember that? <laughs> anyway, um, so the minute sort of wraps up with Kino turning a corner, and we catch one foot soldier in mid flip, and then the minute stops, uh, and we're about to get into some really cool Ernie Ray's Jr. Uh, no, no fight suit choreography. fight choreography. Yeah. Yeah. With all of his fun yells and hollers that I enjoy so much. <laughs> Any final thoughts on this minute before we wrap it up? Nope. Sign off, uh, bro. Kick your butt. We we kind of <laughs> we kind of miss this, but when when Raf sees the shredder, he does that. Oh, his, I think I just saw a ghost. I always hate that. That's such a cliche that I just cannot stand. Like at the end of the movie, they'll take his helmet off and be like, it was old man Saki the whole time. <laughs> it was Chad it was, from Connecticut. It was Professor Perry the whole time. I've gotten oh, no. away with it too of all oh, you meddling kids. Professor Perry totally mutants. looks like a, a villain from Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. His, his hair is very Scooby Doo. Oh. Um, when do the, the turtles get to meet Scooby Doo? If the Globetrotters and Batman can do it, how come we can't get Ninja Turtles meet Scooby Doo? They probably have. Maybe no. we'll check that out tonight and tell you about it on Tuesday. No, Scott, they they pull uh, the mask off of uh, Toka or Razor, and it's <laughs> Fred Welks underneath. <laughs> Frank Welker. You're getting you're getting confused. He plays Fred. His name is Frank. Frank. I Frank thought it was Welker. Fred. He no, plays he plays Fred. Fred. <laughs> I, I am confused. <laughs> well, well, Adam sorts out his confusion. We'll bid you guys adieu. Make sure you go to at uh, TMNT Minute on Instagram and Twitter and check us out on Facebook. Uh, and as always, go to duelinggenre.com slash support if you want to become a Patreon supporter. We have not put up a lot of Patreon stuff yet. But I think uh, shortly Adam and I are going to be recording, and maybe some of you guys also, uh, a review of Kevin Eastman's Drawing Blood comic book that was just released. And that, I think, might go Patreon exclusive. Uh, So make sure you go subscribe to our Patreon, duelinggenre.com slash support. It helps pay for our website, helps pay for uh, things like new microphones for the podcasters on the Dueling Genre Network when they need them. And uh, we don't ever see a profit off of it, but it makes sure that we keep getting good content out to you guys. So do that. All right. We good? Yeah. We good. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Cowabunga.